Food Heals Podcast, episode 188. If you change your drinking water, but you don't change the rest of the water that you have that comes in contact with your body on a daily basis, you're kind of negating the whole reason to change your drinking water to begin with. In a 10-minute shower, you absorb the same amount or more toxins that you would if you drank eight glasses of the same exact water. Holistic Voice presents the Food Heals Podcast with your hosts, Alison Melody and Susie Hardy. Join the Food Heals Nation and learn the secrets to go from feeling unwell to healing yourself. Warning, side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, an increase in sexual activity, feelings of joy, cravings for kale and quinoa, and a spike in Tinder matches. In rare cases, people have experienced a strong desire to actually start using their $39.99 a month gym membership. If you experience any of these symptoms, Snapchat your trainer immediately. All right, welcome Food Heals Nation. Thanks for joining us. I'm Allison Melody. And I'm Susie Hardy. Today, we're so excited to speak with my friend and fellow podcast host, fellow conference junkie, Travis Chappell. He's the founder of Build Your Network. It's a podcast for aspiring professionals who want to grow their inner circle and sharpen their relationships. And I actually met Travis last summer. We were hanging out in Puerto Rico at JLD and Kate Erickson's podcast, Mastermind. That's also where I met Dr. Cabral, who we had on a few weeks ago. And Travis and I have been hanging out ever since. He is literally my conference bunny, and I just love spending time with him. He's smart and fun, and his podcast is exploding, so we're super happy for Travis. He was really fun, and I'm really excited for all of his success. In today's episode, we're diving deep into the topic of water, something that is hugely important for our health. Some of the things we learned about water today really blew my mind. Allie, who knew showers could be so toxic? I know. I'm literally going to have Travis's company like redo our entire water system in our house. But first, don't forget to join me in Orlando, Florida at this year's PodFest. I'll be speaking. It's February 8th through 10th. PodFest Multimedia Expo is the conference for podcasters, digital influencers, and change makers who want to grow their brand and audience and maximize their income. I'll be there with Katie Kremitzos from Biz Women Rock. She's a Food Heals podcast favorite. I love her. I know. She was so much fun. <laughs> she's, she's our people. She's She gets us. She could, be, she could be like the third part of Food Heals if, you know, like that's how I feel about her. She's like a sister on the other yeah. coast. That is so true. I know. I'm gonna maybe she can co-host sometime and we can do a threesome. I don't know. A threesome. Woo. <laughs> I don't know if I'm using that word right. So go to podfest.us, get your ticket, use the coupon code BWR. You'll get $20 off. And you know who else is gonna be there is this girl who is my friend. She's amazing, Erica Mandy. She's from the Newsworthy Podcast. She's also speaking and I'm kind of obsessed with her podcast, Susie, because she gives you all the news that you need to know in 10 minutes. And it's like, we don't have to be bombarded all day with talking heads on CNN and Fox News arguing with each other. She just breaks it down in an easy, digestible way. And, you know, the news can be depressing, right? Can be? How about just is? How about just is? No, there's no happy news. There's, there's nothing. No, it's always it's always about something scary, horrible, tragic. There's a missile coming, something. Especially these days. I know what you're referring yes. to. And yes. that's why I love her show because it's all the day's news, less than 10 minutes. She's always unbiased, shares all perspectives every weekday. And so I told her, Susie, how we did our swag bag contest. When we launched our podcast and how we've done that a few times. And she loved the idea. So 
She loved it so much that she's now doing a giveaway for her audience, and I wanted to open it up to our listeners as well. That's right. You can enter to win a swag bag. We love swag. A swag bag. Well, that's right. We don't even only promote our swag. We promote other people's as well. You can win a swag bag of items worth more than $300, including a set of Soul Organic Sheets. All the details about the giveaway and how you can enter to win are at thenewsworthy.com slash giveaway. So just like you did for us, you can listen to her show, leave a review on iTunes, screenshot that review, share it on social media, use the hashtag thenewsworthy. And make sure to tell Erica you heard about her on the Food Heals podcast. Listen, she's not a sponsor. We get nothing out of this. I just adore her. And I want to give her support and a shout out and give Food Heals listeners an opportunity to enter to win those sheets. And she's got so much more, you guys. So I'm really excited for her. And of course, Food Heals Nation, join us in Italia. We still have a couple of spots left June 2nd through the 9th. Go to www.foodhealsnation.com slash Italy for all the deets. And we want to get straight into Travis's interview now. So stay tuned because after the show, we'll be talking all about our Italian getaway. Ciao. Next up, our interview with Travis Chappell. The Food Hills Podcast starts now. Travis started his podcast, Build Your Network, because he believes who you know is more important than what you know, and that purposeful networking is crucial to achieving your goals in all areas of your life. He also recently authored the ebook, Groupology, How to Network in Facebook Groups Without Being That One Person. <laughs> Welcome, Travis. Welcome, Travis. Thank you guys so much for having me. Really, Thank- really appreciate it. Thank you for being here. Of course. Of course. So why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? Who I am and what I do. In, well, all right. Three seconds or less. No, just three kidding. seconds. <laughs> it's going to be Five really difficult. Yeah, You're it's a podcaster. Be Come very on. Very difficult. Yeah. All right. Well, I am first, I guess, a husband uh, to my high school sweetheart, Jackie. Aww. And, uh, and Jackie's here. Hi, Jackie. Yeah. um and then uh i guess after that probably being an entrepreneur so we were kind of talking about this before we hit the record button and i've always been that kid with the entrepreneurial type of spirit which to me is basically just the desire to make money combined with the inability to listen to authority so put those (laughs) two together ali and i have the same issues (laughs) (laughs) ask my parents about that yeah um a couple of my teachers maybe too um but uh, I mean, I was always that kid in, in elementary school that would, you know, make stuff at home and then bring it to school to sell to the other kids and stuff like that. And then that always that kind of carried itself throughout um, junior high, high school. And then um, heading into my senior year was the first my first ever real experience in business and making money. And a buddy of mine and I started up a, a landscaping business and uh, started mowing lawns and uh, putting in lawns and stuff and found a couple of real estate investors that were flipping properties and we'd go install you know, lawns and sprinklers and all that kind of stuff. And then my senior year of high school was starting back up and I had a couple of jobs that I was working on that I had, that I had sold previously and I, I obviously didn't have time to work them you know, with football practice and school and homework and all that stuff. I didn't have time to go to the labor on the job. So I just hired a couple of college students to do the work for me. Wait, you were in high school? I was in high school. And yeah. you were hiring college students. Right. <laughs> I yeah. love it. Go on. Yeah. Just putting yeah. that in perspective. Yeah. So um, I remember sitting in class, obviously not paying attention to whatever the teacher was talking about and working the numbers on what the jobs that I had were and how much I was going to make on them. And it turned out I was going to make a little bit more than I was paying for the labor to be done on those jobs. And that was really my aha moment when I really realized the value 
of selling and creating customer of relationships. Not doing the work yourself. And yeah. hiring somebody else <laughs> to do the work. So obviously got burnt out on doing the labor really quickly once I figured that out. Sure. And um, and then uh, my sophomore year of college, fast forward a couple of years, uh, maybe junior year of college, um, I got introduced into sales, uh, into door-to-door sales, and that's kind of what I've been doing ever since. So started in solar um, and did door-to-door solar for a couple of years and then switched over to the alarm industry and, and door-to-door uh, home security systems. Um, so I sold and then built teams, managed teams, trained teams um, to sell product basically door-to-door and then retail at events, trade shows and stuff like that. And then and then uh, recently got into the water industry, which is kind of why we're sitting here talking because changing my health around was the spark to get me into that industry mm-hmm. and to get me to realize the impact it can make on your health, but also the ability to turn it into a business. And so um, that's kind of what I do now is I own a water machine dealership, whole home water treatment systems, uh, alkaline water systems, reverse osmosis, all the different types of water filtration and systems you can get your hands on. And that's kind of what we do at the company that that I started a few months ago. It's called Revive Water. And so I have a few reps uh, here in California and then Oregon, Michigan, Nevada, kind of dispersed around the nation um, with uh, with reps that go out and sell these machines basically to um, to customers. And what was the impetus to get into water? Yeah, so <clears throat> when I was uh, really, really cranking out door-to-door sales, I was doing alarm systems. Um, and that was the first year that I had that I had made uh, six figures was when I was knocking door-to-door alarms. The cool thing about door-to-door is your schedule is awesome. So yeah. I was 20, I think I was 22 at the time. And so for me, it was a dream because... I always hated being places on time. <laughs> so <laughs> I was late to school. I think my homeroom teacher really did not like me because I was, I think I was literally late like 35 times my senior year or something like that. And I lived two miles from the campus. <laughs> and uh, so that was something that I, I was, I was always really bad at. And so with this job, the best time to go door to door is when everybody else gets home from work, which is, you know, four o'clock, five o'clock, and maybe more towards even six o'clock to eight o'clock, mm-hmm. depending on if you're, it's the winter time or summertime, you don't want to go too late in the winter when it's dark out for a while. Right. Um, so I would just get up at, you know, nine, 10, 11 o'clock, whenever I decided to wake up and then I would uh, do whatever I wanted for a few hours and play some video games and have some fun and um, just chill and then go out for two or three hours at night. And that was my schedule for the entire year. But I was doing well making money, but my health got put on the back burner. And in that same period of time where I had at the time, my best financial year ever, I had my worst physical year ever. And I'd always played basketball growing up since I was five, six years old. I played all the way up to college and then had a couple of injuries and, uh, and then quit and then got married and, and then uh, moved away and then started into door to door a lot more. So that one year I must have gained probably 30 or 40 pounds. And I was, um, at the end of 2015, I was about 250 pounds, um, which for me is probably about 60 pounds overweight and, uh, just felt bad, you know, always having stomach aches and just problems with my health and aches and pains here and there. And I, I finally realized it one day because I went to go buy some, uh, some nice jeans for this work party that we were having and I had to go up to a size 38 waist, which was incredibly eye-opening to me mm-hmm. because when I was trying on the 36s, I couldn't button them. And I was like, oh, my goodness. And <laughs> all Growing up, I was always a 32 in college and playing basketball, super active, 32, 32, 32. And when I got to 34, I was like, okay, whatever. And then 36 was like, eh. And then I, <laughs> when I got that pair of 38s, I was like, I got to do something different. Right. And um, around the same time is when um, we, we bought a water filtration system. It was a, a Kangen water system. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I started. Susie and I both. Oh, have. okay. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and that's that was kind of the spark that got me into the industry, and so um, I started just drinking a gallon of. Uh, you even of said Kangen it really water. correctly. What's that? Kangen. Kangen. Yeah, Kangen. I, I hear <laughs> I'll everybody. Kangen. Kangen. Yeah, some people say Kangen. I hear Kangen, Kangen, Kangen. I, so many no, that sounds ways. more yeah. Japanese. <laughs> Kangen. <laughs> um, so I started drinking about a gallon of that a day, and um, and started going to the gym a lot more and doing more personal development and using the time that I wasn't working more productively rather than just binge watching The Office or playing Call of Duty or something like that. Basically, fast forward now, it's been, because that was the beginning of 2016 when I started um, really trying to buckle down and lose weight and get back into good shape. And now here we are a year and a half later or so. What's your waist size now? Uh, I... 34, but I, saw, I had <laughs> to buy some 32s the other day. Yeah, so <laughs> nice. yeah, it was pretty big for me to fit back in a 32. I just didn't think it would ever be possible again. And so I actually took a picture the other day with some of the, um, we we're going through my closet, getting rid of some of some of my, my quote unquote fat clothes. Right. And uh, I put on a couple of the pants that I had bought when I was Actually, you know, 250 pounds. And I was just like, oh my goodness, I can't believe I used to fill these things up. <laughs> you know. So now it's been a year and a half or so. I think I'm down around 200 pounds now, like 200 to 205 or so, which is a pretty healthy weight for me. I stay pretty active. I'm in the gym a lot. and we're. And, Did uh, you feel like and... the change in the water made a big difference? Yeah, uh, I do because it changed uh, the way that I looked at health. So I'd always stayed really active growing up, but I was never super healthy. So I never gained weight because I grew a lot when I was in high school. And so I got really skinny really fast. And then I stayed active. I mean, when I was in, when I was in ninth grade, I played JV and varsity basketball the same time. So I'd go to school. When I get out at three o'clock, I had two hours of JV practice and then I'd go to two hours of varsity practice. So I had four hours of basketball practice every day. And then even into college, I was practicing our basketball practices in college because we shared the same gym with the high school team and the JV team and the girls team and all these other teams that were there at the, on the same campus. So when we were in college, our basketball practices were nine o'clock to 11 o'clock every night. So I didn't, I didn't, I never ate a heavy dinner because I knew I had basketball practice that so night. So you had a teenage metabolism. <laughs> yeah. yeah oh yeah, like- <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So I burned through food really easily yeah. and then I was burning a lot of calories when you're doing sprints every single night yep. at basketball practice. And so I, it, I was never super healthy. It was just that I was really active. Right. So when I gained all this weight, I started realizing that I'm never going to be able to be as active as I was back then. Mm-hmm. So if I'm going to stay in any sort of good physical health or physical shape, I'm going to have to change the way that I eat and change my consumption habits basically. And um, and water was the first thing that I started doing because I never drank water. When I was when I was a kid, you can go ask my mom this, we would go through, there was four of us, my mom, my dad, me and my sister, and we'd go through six gallons of milk every week, but it was mostly me. So I drank two or three gallons of milk a week by myself. And I, I just never drank water, just never drank, didn't, didn't like the taste. I didn't, didn't, for whatever reason, just didn't like it. And I never drank water. So getting a machine that made it easier for me to drink water, that made the water taste good, that did a lot of that kind of stuff was really important for me to start doing that. And it was crazy how much my body reacted to yeah. just giving it what it needs. You know, water is so, so essential uh, to our health and a lot of times gets put on the back burner. I think that's a really important point, like um, making it taste good because there's, uh, I also like we've talked about like I also have a Kangen machine, but it's really important to get clean I water. Kangen, Kangen, <laughs> but I say Kangen. No, I'm just kidding. Kangen. I really don't just, care. Kangen. Yeah, I never say anything correctly. I don't care. Well, you know what? The machine talks, right? It's Japanese, yeah. and it goes yeah. Kangen nine point zero. But th- that's the first thing I notice is that when I tried it, and I tried it for three days because a friend of mine 
and then a chiropractor I know also recommended it. Mm-hmm. It tasted better. It tasted different. And yeah. for me also, I would always have to put lemon in it or or put some kind of juice in, like water down juice to right. get more water into my body. But it tasted better. And I think that's a really important point. Like I remember growing up and, and I also didn't drink a lot. You didn't, uh, you know, in the 80s, I didn't drink a lot of water. But I remember also when I was... No, we at, drank juice boxes. Like, yeah, we <laughs> didn't but, drink water. But I also yeah, remember... Capri Sun. <laughs> but I also remember um, being hot and playing outside and drinking from the hose. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. exactly. And exactly. the water was okay. It probably right. wasn't great. Right. Right. But it was better than it might be now. Because, For sure. And it didn't t- yeah. So maybe if it tasted better, I would have drank more of it. But like, that's a really important point is that it's a good point you because you don't clean- have to torture yourself. You know, like you should have yeah. to torture yourself to be healthy. You know, there's ways to do it and still enjoy it. You know? And and I think obviously there are so many changes that we have to make in order to maintain a healthy lifestyle and a healthy weight. But I have a testament to the Congan water too, or at least the alkaline water, because when I lived in Santa Monica is at the same time when I got the Congan water machine, Kangen Con and whatever. And um, I was drinking that water every day. And that is when I was in the best shape of my life. Now, I will say I also lived on the beach. And so I ran every day. So I was really, really into running. And I was going outside and being in the sunshine. And I think that had to do with it. But I was 20 pounds lighter then than I am now. And now I eat healthier than I did then. And I don't have the Kangen machine. So that's the difference. And the only reason is because I literally, it's in a box somewhere and we don't know how to install it and we haven't done it. So maybe Travis can help me with that <laughs> and convince me that I need to reinstall it. But it's literally in a box in the storage unit. And I keep saying to my husband, like, oh, we got to get that thing set up. He's like, yeah, we do. And then, we <laughs> and then do it just it. doesn't happen. Yeah. But I was no, in- there's a, definitely a direct correlation to that. And that's where it started for me too, is what happens is your body, when you go throughout your normal day, a typical diet is not an alkaline diet. So right. when you most of us don't go buy all of our groceries at Whole Foods and eat kale with every meal, you know. So most Except of the Susie. time, <laughs> most of the time, it's going to be a, an acidic diet that we have, and right. the, even the air that we breathe is acidic. That's why you cut open an apple. What happens to the apple? It turns brown. It turns brown. It gets rusted in right. you know ten twenty minutes. Yeah, because the air that we breathe is acidic. So when we're taking in so much acidity into our bodies, our body produces fat cells to neutralize the acidity that we have in our body. So when we drink alkaline water it's a lot easier to uh, make your body some slightly alkaline through alkaline water than, than an alkaline diet because 70% of your body is water. So if you change the water that you drink, you're changing the structure of your whole body and it's uh, a lot easier to neutralize that acidity with the alkaline water and your body doesn't have to produce extra fat cells. So it is easier. So I'm, I'm not going to sit here and tell you like, hey, look, if you eat Burger King all day long and drink alkaline water, you'll right. lose weight. I'm right. not saying that, but it will aid in weight loss for sure because your body will just naturally neutralize a lot of the acidity that you have built up from the regular diet that we have. No, that's such a good point. And um, you said this to me when we actually met at this thing called Portapalooza, which was a mastermind for entrepreneurs in um, Puerto Rico with John Lee Dumas. And that's how we were getting to know each other. And we stayed in the same condo. And I remember you saying that, saying, well, if se- and I'm, I'm paraphrasing, so please correct me, but if 70% of our body is water and we're going to be sitting there drinking water all day showering and bathing in toxic water then 70 percent of our body is going to be toxic right so tell us about that concept and about the shower filters and all that stuff yeah so that so that's how i got my start in the water industry was through the the, the Congo water machines and then i started doing a lot more research and started figuring out that if you change your drinking water, but you don't change the rest of the water that you have that comes in contact with your body on a daily basis, you're kind of negating the whole reason to change your drinking water to begin with. 
because what happens is, um, so, so usually, usually what I do when I go and test somebody's water, I'll show them all the bad stuff that's in their water, all the, the chemicals, the, um, dissolved solids, the, the, show them the pH level, show them all that stuff. And I ask them, look, what's the first thing that we think about? What's the first solution to the problem that we think about? And the answer is typically, oh, bottled water. You know, like right. I, that's why I buy bottled water, man. Like, the, of course, yeah, the, the water's really bad. We can all agree on that. You know, there's <laughs> there's no way you can refute the evidence sitting in front of you. So that's why we buy bottled water. And then it's like, okay, well, when you wash your hands, what water do you use? Mm-hmm. I'll use the tap water. Right. When you cook, what water do you use? Oh, we, we use the tap water. And even if they, some people do say bottled water that, if they're really conscious about it, some people will actually wash their hands in bottled water. Some people mm-hmm. will use bottled water to cook with. Mm-hmm. But then even if they say yes to that, I'm like, okay, well, what water do you shower in? Obviously the tap water. There's no way to dump bottled a five gallon <laughs> you know, jug of water on you when you take a shower. It's just impossible. You have right. to shower in it. Yeah. And so the crazy thing is I always ask them the same question. Okay, so would you feel comfortable drinking this water? eight glasses of this water a day and I show them the water that we just tested and all the bad stuff that's in it. Right. Of course, the you know overwhelming response is an obvious no. Of course mm-hmm. not. No, mm-hmm. no, that's disgusting. We would never drink that water. Right. Well, the crazy part is that in a 10-minute shower, which I think is probably less than average because, uh, I mean, 10-minute showers for me, if it's a hot shower, I like to just stand there, you know, and just and just um, sit in the shower for a while. So I yeah. think 10-minute shower is probably probably less than average, but um, even if that were the average, um, in a 10-minute shower, you absorb the same amount or more toxins that you would if you drank eight glasses of the same exact water. So scary. Which is incredible. The problem is that people just don't know. Yeah. You know, you know what I mean? Like there's no awareness around that because what people just naturally think, oh, I'm drinking bottled water. I'm good. I'm not taking in all this nasty stuff in my body because I drink bottled water. I buy these gallons of water. So I'm totally fine. I should be good to go, right? Well, no, because if you don't change your shower water, then you're negating the whole reason to get the bottled water to begin with. And you're kind of just wasting your money on bottle. It would actually be healthier for you to drink eight glasses of that water every day mm-hmm. and shower in bottled water. It would be healthier. If you could do that, right. it would be healthier <laughs> so for you to do that. You know what I mean? Because your your body will naturally filter out some of that bad stuff in your kidneys and your liver. It'll catch some of the stuff before it gets circulated into the rest of your body. But you shower in the water, it just gets absorbed straight through your pores and, and your skin and just gets absorbed straight and it takes about 24 25 seconds for chemicals in your water or in your personal care products like lotions or conditioners it takes about 25 seconds or so for the chemicals in those products to reach your bloodstream Mm -hmm. because it doesn't go through any filtration process so the saturation is going to be a lot higher when you absorb that stuff in the shower and then another way is when you're standing there and um the water is turning into steam the whole time right what's steam steam's just water that's turned into a gas Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. so you're standing in the shower breathing it in yeah breathing in just like smoking a cigarette you're just breathing in chemical gases mm. straight into your lungs oh i never uh, like thought about a cigarette, it like that you know I mean? yeah. so um it's 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 just a lack of awareness people just don't people just don't know like, i didn't know before i started in this industry sure. you know and people people just don't understand and so the problem is they think they're taking care of the issue just by changing their drinking water but if you don't change the water in the whole house then it doesn't really matter i mean it is fascinating and I think for anyone listening, can we just like go over like what are some of the things that are in the water? Like I know I've heard there are chemicals that are endocrine disruptors and I've heard that there are things that deplete minerals from our body. So we think we're drinking water and hydrating, but we're really depleting ourselves. Like what are you finding in the water? What are these toxic chemicals in the water? Yeah, there's there's a lot of different ones. Most cities do a really good job at regulating as far as like safe and unsafe levels go. Mm-hmm. But uh, the main thing is that when the city does that, when they clean out the water, they're basically making sure that people don't die instantly from drinking the water. Because back <laughs> in the day, that was happening. You right. know what I mean? Like, 
uh, the, the water supply is all coming from the water table. And when anything goes into the soil, it has a chance of going into the water table. Mm -hmm. So, you know, manufacturing waste runoff and like literally toxic gases and chemicals and uh, pesticides, herbicides, all, all the stuff that go, hits the soil has a chance of, of, of penetrating into the water table. So when we take the water from the water table to put into a house, the government was like, okay, well, we can't just give toxic water to all these people. So they go through and, and put it through a treatment process first. Mm -hmm. And they'll get rid of a lot of that stuff by neutralizing it with more chemicals. So what it does is it kills a monster because you don't, you know, we no longer have to worry about getting E. coli from, you know, our tap water. But at the same time, it creates a whole nother monster because now you have to worry about chlorine and chloramine and all these um, chemicals they put in the treatment process um, that now we're absorbing in through our skin. I mean, think about when you get out of the shower, what's the first thing you do? You got to put on lotion, right? Mm -hmm. You got to reach for the lotion because your skin gets so dried right. out from yeah. staying in the shower. If you think about it logically, it doesn't make sense because water is literally a hydrating substance. Sure. That's, That's what logic. its job is. What happens is it's the same thing. Okay, so like when you jump out of a pool, yeah. mm -hmm. you get the same feeling, right? Dry, itchy skin. Yeah. Is that um, the chlorine? It's because of the chlorine that's in the pool. Okay. When you step out of the shower, it's the same thing. If you stand in a shower and the water is, does not have chlorine in it. So for instance, um, we live out on two acres on the outskirts of town. We're on a well. Mm -hmm. So that water doesn't get treated by the city. There's no chlorine in it. When I take a shower in that water and I get out, I don't feel dry. If I go to a hotel and I take a shower in that water, I feel really dry. I got to put on lotion afterwards. Right. The difference is basically that there's chemicals in this water. There's not chemicals in this mm -hmm. water. Mm -hmm. We're just so immune to it. We're so used to it because we've been doing it since we were kids. You step yeah. out of the shower, you put on lotion. Step out of the shower, you put on lotion. You put on chapstick. You, your skin gets dry and itchy, you put on lotion. Um, when it shouldn't be happening because the water is literally hydrated. It's supposed to hydrate us. When we get out, it should feel like we're already hydrated we sure. should we it shouldn't have sense. to put on lotion. yeah i never even thought about it that way and so when you jump out of the shower and feel that way you know that there's going to be some sort of chemicals and so that's what that's what happened when the government did that is then they stepped in they're like hey look we got to get rid of all these bad things and so people don't die immediately but then they put in a ton of chlorine and chloramine in the water and for us in california it's been really bad the last few years because we've been in a drought mm -hmm. so recycled water has been um more and more and more in use in the past few years because we haven't had new water into the water table um, so when we cycle the same water, you got to keep cleaning it, right? You got to keep cleaning it and cleaning and cleaning it because it gets dirtier and dirtier and dirtier every time you use it. So wow. now we have excess, excess, excess amounts of chlorine, chloramines in the water um, that over a long period of time will get into your blood vessels as they, because like, like I said, when you stand in the shower, you absorb that stuff into your system. All that chlorine and stuff will start to, you know, line your blood vessels and start to cause artery clogging and really bad issues down the road can even lead to cancer and, and different forms of really horrible diseases over the course of 15, 20 years. And none of it's going to happen overnight. And that's why the government's okay with it. Right. You know what I mean? Like they're, yes, they can, they out. can sleep at night. They yes. can rest their head easy because, because like, well, we're saving people from dying tomorrow. They're slowly you know? killing exactly. us. Not it's, quickly always, killing. it's always about right. statistics. And you, if you can't have a, a causal relationship, you can't say, Oh, this causes exactly. death or this kind of disease in this amount of time. They're like, we don't know. It's fine. Your exactly. kidneys will take care of it, but it's exactly. not true. Right. And right. our bodies can detox a certain amount, but this is an over, this is too much for our bodies to handle at once. So it's going to start storing it. It's going to start holding right. on to these things. We well, don't then that's need. what happens when your kidneys can't keep up with it anymore. Yeah. So then there's chlorines and chloramines, but then there's also a lot of heavy minerals in the water. And some of them are good for you to ingest like calcium, magnesium, some, some actually good minerals, but they'll do really, really bad damage to like the piping in the house um, mm -hmm. and will cause leaky pipes, bursting pipes. It will cause all of your appliances that use the water to run less efficiently. Like if you take out your dishwasher manual, it'll actually recommend you have treated water so that it works better wow. um, because the, the heavy minerals in the water will keep the water from doing what it's supposed to be doing. 
um, and it'll increase your electricity bill because your water heater will work less efficiently, all this stuff. But what it does to our bodies is when our kidneys are trying to get a lot of the excess minerals out, and but it doesn't have anywhere to put them. So that's where you start getting urinary tract infections, kidney stones, because that's just a buildup of calcium that's too much. Your kidneys can't keep up with the supply that's coming into your body. So if we don't have well water, <laughs> yeah. and uh, what can we do? You know, I have water filters, but I'm afraid they're not enough. I, I told you I had tested my water filters with a pool testing kit and gotten various results where the Brita filter made it more um, acidic. And I had this alkalizing filter that made the water more alkaline, but didn't take out all the chemicals that the Brita filter took out. So like, I, I feel at a loss, and I c- mm-hmm. currently probably should set up my Kangen machine. But <laughs> you should. What? But I'm yeah. not gonna. I'm gonna. I'm. I feel my my co-host pain <laughs> because, like, we do as much as we can. Yeah, and there's so especially, many options, especially because we know we know better, right, yeah. about water. But at the same time, it's like even if you take steps, it almost feels like not enough. Yeah, you're spinning right? your wheels. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And we have a shower filter, but if you don't replace that shower filter every three months, it's useless. And sometimes it looks like I need to replace it. It's only been one month. Right. You know, because right. you can see how dense it gets. Yeah, exactly. And you can never you can never really give a time period because it's all 100% dependent on usage. Right. Um, so you just have to always constantly be checking it and looking yeah. for it. But real quick on the <clears throat> what you're saying earlier, like setting up your Kanga machine, that's fantastic. And Kanga water is really good for you on a health standpoint. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't do a good job of cleaning the water. Okay. So the filter that's in the Kanga machine is actually a really crappy filter. Oh, um, no. I've, I've heard that. And yeah. I actually had a friend that I sold the Kanga machine to. I said it right. <laughs> and then she went past me and did more research. And she's like, oh, my God, this doesn't take out this and this and this and this. And so she had a second secondary step. Wow. She would filter through the Kangen and then filter through something else. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so what are so that's exactly what you're talking about. What is it not taking out? Yeah. So the the Kangen water machine is not for cleaning water. They they have a little filter in there, um, and uh, they call it a medical grade filter or whatever. Um, but really, all it does is it takes out some chlorine. I've tested Kangen machines that are six months old, and I'll test the chlorine levels, and the water will still test for chlorine positively. Oh, wow. It'll it'll get out some of it, but it won't get out all of it. And they might work really well when you first get them, but you've got to change your you know, filter every three months yeah. to, to keep the chlorine out. Um, it's just not a very good uh, filter. So what the Kangen machine is for is for making the water healthier for you. So Alkaline. what happens is the water gets filtered through an electrolysis chamber that's filled with, depending on the machine or the model that you titanium. have, seven to eight titanium plates. <laughs> I exactly. That. Yep. So <laughs> when the water gets shoved through there, each plate is um, negatively or positively charged and will attract negative or positive ions. And so what happens is when the water comes out of the top of the machine, you're getting all the negative ions in the water. When the water goes out of the bottom of the machine, that's all the positive ions and the positive ions filter down the sink and into the drain. Okay. Um, so what happens is the, the electrolysis chamber literally alkalizes the water, changes the structure of the water, makes it completely alkaline. But it also pumps it full of those negative ions. And negative ions are a very powerful antioxidant. Mm-hmm. To give you an idea, if you measured uh, the ORP, which stands for oxidation reduction potential, which literally just is talking about the amount of antioxidants that are in a substance. So if you take an ORP meter, which you can buy on Amazon for like 50 bucks or something like that, and you measured um, tap water, it's going to be like a positive 150 or so. There's, it's, it's not going to, there's, there's no antioxidants in tap water. If you measured something like Sprite or an alcoholic drink or something, it's going to be like a positive 5, 6, 700 because it's highly, highly, highly acidic. 
and very oxidizing. It, it oxidizes our bodies. If you uh, measured green tea, which is a really good antioxidant, it'd be like a negative 150 or so. So it's packed full of antioxidants. And then uh, you can get, some people literally take shots of cod liver oil just for the antioxidants. And if you measure the antioxidant count in cod liver oil, it's probably like a negative two, 250 on the ORP meter. If you take a fresh glass of Kangen water directly from the machine mm -hmm. and measure the ORP on it, depending on the power of the machine that you're using, um, you can get negative 700, negative 800 on the ORP meter. Mm -hmm. Just means the water is just packed full of really powerful antioxidants um, that will obviously do everything antioxidants do, which neutralize free radicals in the body, um, prevent aging and all that kind of stuff. So the Kangen water alkalizes the water. It packs it full of antioxidants and it makes it a little bit easier to drink by restructuring the water and taking the clusters of molecules down. Mm -hmm. So when you drink kangen water, I don't know if you noticed this, Ali, but one of the first things I noticed when you drink it, it's really easy to drink. So yeah, I could go through a quart easy. of kangen water and yeah. not even have to really blink an eye, you know, yes. or, or bat an eye. But then I was trying to drink a gallon of water a day when we when we made our, our last move. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was doing this six-week challenge thing to lose some weight. And I was drinking a gallon of water a day, but I didn't have my Kanga machine set up because we were in between houses. So it was packed in a box somewhere. And uh, I was drinking bottles of water, just yeah. whatever it was, like eight uh, bottles of water a day or something. It came out to a gallon. And it was so much more difficult to drink those it's eight heavier bottles. Or yeah. something. You feel so bloated. And then like if you're yeah. trying to drink water and stay hydrated while you're working out, it just doesn't work. Yeah. So the, the Kanga water is definitely... Uh, better on that front because it'll restructure the clusters of molecules in the water and make it easier for your body to digest mm -hmm. and absorb mm -hmm. um, the water into your cells. But then do we so, still need to filter it as well now? But that's what I'm saying is oh, that no. if you just have kangen water, it could be filthy kangen water. Oh, <laughs> you know what God. I mean? So, um, And then you're going to have more issues with your kangen water machine. You're going to have to replace your filter more often because mm -hmm. it's trying to get rid of some of the stuff that's coming in. Um, you're going to have to get it deep clean. You'll have to send it into like a, a corporate office um, from like one of Enagic's corporate offices and okay. they'll deep clean the machine for you mm -hmm. because the electrolysis chamber, if you have a lot of heavy minerals coming in, which you probably do, when the water gets pushed through the electrolysis chamber, all those heavy minerals start attaching onto things. So now you have Kangen water, but it's still kind of filthy as far as like there's still a lot of heavy minerals in it and there's still a lot of chlorine, chloramine and stuff like that in it. That's why we shifted our focus as a company, as a brand, to start working with the whole home water treatment systems first. Yeah, that makes sense. I think the first step before you make your water healthier is you got to clean it. And uh, so what we do is we uh, we go out to people's houses, we'll test their water, and then we'll build a system custom based on the results that we get. That system will be usually installed into the main water line in the house. So before any water comes into touches the piping in the house at all, it goes through a process to get rid of all the chlorine, all the chloramines, all the additive um, uh, chemicals from the treatment process, and then also um, gets rid of all the dissolved solids and everything that's in the water. So your uh, appliances work more efficiently. Everything that touches the water works more efficiently. Your piping will be better, and then it obviously will will be better for when you take showers, um, which is the most important thing. Yeah. And then with that machine, we install a reverse osmosis tank underneath the kitchen sink, and then we install a little alkaline filter after that. So um, the water coming into the reverse osmosis, the reverse osmosis will strip the water of everything, good and bad. I was just going to say, I always thought reverse osmosis was bad because yeah, it takes all the minerals out. it takes right? all the minerals out. So what we do is we put it through the reverse osmosis, and then right after that, we shove it through a five-stage alkaline filter and pump all those alkaline minerals back into the water. So the water you're drinking is alkaline full of good minerals. Oh, my um, god! But the reverse osmosis takes out all the bad minerals and the good minerals and then pumps so this it with is, the minerals this that is you need. if you own a home. Correct. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you what can. If, what if we you rent? Can, you can technically get it if you rent. It's just a little bit different. 
um, as far as like the financing goes. So we work with several different financing companies and they like to see the homeowner badge on your credit report when they pull it. Um, so if you're not the homeowner, there's other ways of financing, but there's going to be more expensive financing. But this is also like, sounds like more per, a permanent kind of thing. Like you're fixing I mean, the house. I mean, it's a fixture in the house. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So for people who rent and can't get that owner, um, is there any like hacks for them to do it until they own? Like you, like you were saying, there, there are shower head filters. filters. Yeah. It's really hard to figure out what it's actually letting in. And then it's difficult to keep up with the maintenance on them. Um, it is a lot of maintenance. Yeah. And so the thing is, if you're spending money on filters like every month or every right. other month, yeah. then it might make sense just to do the whole home one. And you can move it with you. So it's not like oh, if, you, okay. if you put it into a house you're renting and you that's, take off next year, yeah. you can move it to your next house. Oh, that's um, fabulous. Yeah. And then all our installers are all licensed and have their own insurance and all that good stuff. So um, whenever we install a machine, it's it's taken care of. I know so many people, especially in LA, rent rather than own. Um, mm-hmm. But if you're listening to this and you're like, what do I do? So it sounds like there are options for mm-hmm. both. So that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. There's definitely options if you if you want to take care of the whole home, which is what I always recommend. But you got to do what you can. So if you need to fix your drinking water first, fix your drinking water first. And then if, when you can afford it later, then do the whole home. Yeah, I agree. If they are looking for a filter on the market, do you think they're all created equal or do you think like they are all terrible? Like what is your just general opinion? I think that they are pretty competitive. I mean, technology is getting better all the time, Mm -hmm. but there's a reason that we chose to work with the brand that we chose to work with rather than any of the other competitors out there. And uh, so I'll tell you a little bit about that. Um, the one that we go through is called Puronix is the name of the company, mm-hmm. the manufacturer of the machine. There's a couple reasons I like them. Um, first of all, they started back in the 40s. They've been doing what? water business for a very, very long I time. I thought the water back then was fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, they were ahead of their time. Yeah. Well, that's why you've never heard of them before. <laughs> um, they were called Ionix back then. Uh-huh. And then about uh, I don't know, 12, 15 years ago or so, they were bought out by GE. Obviously, GE is one of the longest standing corporations in the country and, you know, multi-billion dollar corporation. So they bought out Ionix, changed the name to Puronix. And then at the same time, they contracted NASA to develop a technology in the machine that would set them apart from all the other competition out there because NASA wanted something for the space stations. And if you go to the California Science Center, which is probably around here somewhere um, <laughs> over over by uh, USC, the California Science Center, there's a whole exhibit on NASA and um, Puronix and the cool. technology that developed that goes inside of the machine. And it's called microsilver bacteriostasis technology, which literally means they uh, line the interior of the of the water machine with particles of silver to prevent any sort of bacterial growth from happening on the on the inside of the machine. Wow. So it'll flush itself out all the time, but with the silver in there, it makes sure that nothing can sustain growth on the interior of the machine, which obviously is really important. Um, so the fact that it's a really long-standing old company, and now that it's owned by GE, which is a company that's going to be around forever, and then the technology was engineered by NASA, like those are a few of the reasons why we chose to work with um, Puronics. NASA is we always a good stamp to have. It's a good stamp. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's hard to argue. Tang with that. to Velcro, you know, they just don't mess. Like, it up. well, I need to do more research. Like, oh, can you do more research than NASA? Right. <laughs> 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 like, it's just, uh, it's a really good someone, name to have. Someone pulled you. that card on me in a health expo recently. They Did were like, they? NASA, and I'm like, all right, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you got to say. Yeah. <laughs> 
All right. Well, I'm sold. If anyone wants to get more information, where should they go? How do they how do they get these water systems installed? Yeah, I would uh, always recommend getting a test first because you might be surprised in a good way and find out that your water is not that bad. And maybe you only need to fix your drinking water or something like that. So we always try to build a custom experience mm-hmm. uh, depending on the results that we get back from the testing. If you are listening and you want to see what your water looks like and uh, have interest in getting one of these things put in, um, you can go to our website, which is revivewater.co, revivewater.co, and there's a form on there to fill out to uh, have one of our water specialists come out and test the water for you and then build a system that's custom around what your needs are specifically. Amazing. All right. Well, thank you for that. Let's pivot. Okay. And let's talk about your other business. Yes. Let's talk about Build Your Network. Awesome. Awesome. So this is how you and I actually met. Yes. Ali. So um, podcasting is always something that uh, w- was something I was interested in when I first started getting into uh, the personal development space, which was when I started losing weight at the same time. Mm-hmm. I basically just had the same schedule. I would work at night, but instead of just vegging around and doing nothing all day, <laughs> I started going to the gym in the mornings and then diving into personal development for a couple of hours, whether it be audiobooks or podcasts or reading or whatever. And so mm-hmm. ran across John Lee Dumas's uh, podcast. A buddy of mine mentioned it. And uh, started following following everything that he was doing, and obviously he does very very well for himself. So I just wanted to figure I out know. a way to well, yeah, well bet. yeah he makes it happen. Okay, yeah. <laughs> and if you don't yeah. know what we're talking about, Food Heals Nation, he publishes his income report, so he tells you exactly how he makes his yeah. money, so that you can emulate his success, which mm-hmm. is incredible. Yeah, and I think uh, September's or what, what are we in October right now? Yeah, so September's just released. I think it was, I think it was two hundred and seven thousand gross mm-hmm. for September, and mm-hmm. then. 40 grand in expenses. So he was around 170,000 net profit for September. So and let me not, just, not bad. Not too bad. <laughs> let me just tell you why that's low. Because when we went on the podcast cruise, I think it was 2015, uh, they had just profited almost $500,000. Yeah. And that, and that was in when, one month. That was when we, uh, that was when we went to Puerto Rico too. The month before that, I think okay, when they yeah. got the funding from the Kickstarter campaign. Yeah. Um, they, that, that month was like a $450,000 month or something like that. Oh my so, gosh. Incredible. Yeah. So he knows a thing or two <laughs> about yeah. Yeah, creating and monetizing a podcast. So, um, I, in my experience, I just always want to rub shoulders with people who know way more than me and, and are at the point where I want to be. Mm-hmm. That is eventually what my whole podcast became was building your network, how to go about growing your inner circle and not just growing your inner circle, but up leveling your inner circle and getting into other inner circles that are. Um, on a different caliber than than yours is currently and not in a mean way or a jerk way to the people that you hang out with right now but you do need to up level the people that you're around because you'll always be the average of the five people you spend the most time with. I was about to say that yeah <laughs> yeah which is yeah one of the most overstated things well but it's I so think John true. says it on every podcast he puts out but yeah Jim Rohn would was very very accurate when he said that so if you so want to be successful you got to find successful friends that's that's I mean Yes, honestly. And why is that true? Why is that true? Because that that is totally true. And it took me a really long time to learn or really grasp and be like, okay, I'm going to do it. But why is that true? The influence that you're around is ultimately who you're going to be. If you're constantly hanging out with with friends that just have different ambitions than you are, you know, I'm not saying that they're bad people. You know what I mean? But like. Maybe they're just okay. They're 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 fine with staying where they're at, and you're not fine with staying where you're at. They're obviously not going to be using their off time to read books and like push themselves forward in life. They're going to be using their off time to go hang out or drink or party or play video games do, or play video games. Yeah, exactly. And so when you're around those kind of people, it's difficult to say no because all that stuff's fun, you know. So like if you're hanging out with all these people all the time, and they're like, hey, let's go to the bar. It's like 
yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. And I was going to read, but never mind. <laughs> you know? No, and it's the so. same with health because that's oh, why man. we get into these habits. If, our, if we live at home with families who are eating a toxic diet, we're much more likely to mm-hmm. eat the exact same diet. Or if we live with a spouse or something like that, we're the average of the people we spend the most time with. And I was this in college and didn't even realize it because I always was trying to get healthier. I would go to my gym, but everyone in the dorms or everyone I was living with were party animals. We would stay out late. We would sleep in. Then we would eat fast food and do it all over again. And I knew it was unhealthy, but it was nor it was mm-hmm. the normal. Right. It was the just normal. what everybody else did. Exactly. So just do it. So know? yeah, I was trying to be on a health kick, but I never quite got there until I literally well, I got more educated. But I just rid myself of those people because you get you move beyond college and you start having mm-hmm. a different life. But it's so true, and yep. your health, and your business, and all of these things are so dependent on the people in your life. And mm-hmm. I have cut people out. And it is okay. Mm-hmm. It is okay to cut people out who are toxic to your and detrimental to your to the life that you are trying to live. Cutting she, people out for sure, but then also limiting time with people. Because I have friends that I've had literally since I was three years old. We went I to know, church. Yeah. We went to school together since I was, you know, went literally kindergarten all the way through senior year of high school. Some of them all the way through senior year of college I, that I've that I've known. And so those are friends I'll have for a lifetime, but like limiting the, maybe the amount of time that you spend with those friends and then trying to structure your time with other people that bring you up to the level that you want to be at. There's different ways to go about doing it. You don't, I think people get a really negative connotation when they hear the, the term cut them out. You know, they're like, well, I'm, I would never do that. I was about to like, say, Allie's really cold blooded. <laughs> you guys know I will me. cut them I'm out. So mean. No, I've done it too. I'm just kidding. No, you guys know I'm like the nicest person anyone knows. And She's so the fact Carolina. that I have done it yeah. means anyone can do it. That's yeah, all exactly. Saying. Exactly. Well, it's, it's, it's more so about important. just setting boundaries and like, right. And these your, your time, your time is, you know, about mm-hmm. most value. And being you, self-aware which, and being self-aware, realizing yeah. which relationships do that to you and then just prioritizing and, and, um, and making them, you know, maybe lower on the list than something else. Or, or maybe saying that I have to do this, this and this before I go hang out with this person. And especially or, if you're an entrepreneur, you realize the most valuable thing is your time. Oh, right? yeah. And how much right. are you gaining back or return on investment of your time? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and let me clarify. I didn't cut out any friends out just because they weren't I healthy. I am kidding. Or weren't an entrepreneur. <laughs> I cut them out because they were literally having toxic effects, detrimental effects on my life. And they were, you know, those people that, I've done that the same. take, take, take. Leeches. Leeches, yes. Yeah. And so that's what I'm talking about. I don't just cut people out because they're not on the same wavelength. <laughs> I've me. done the same. And it's, Allie, and we it's, know you're too nice for that. Know, you don't have to caveat it. Okay. <laughs> I need to defend myself real quick. <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> no, I've done the, I've done the same, and it and it's hard, you know, because like you want to rise above, you want to like meet your own personal goals, and you want to mm-hmm. find your passions and 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 achieve everything you dream of, and so like people that don't have those same right. personal goals, but it is like I said, like I had to I learned it the hard way, like your yeah. time is most valuable, right, right, and so that's basically what the whole podcast became about was was that whole concept, and so it's just helping people grow their inner circle and do it the right way going down and spending the money which was not a small amount of money um to go down and meet john lee dumas at his house and get advice from him on a one-on-one basis and then in the mastermind with awesome people like ali and and steve and rob and some of the other guys that were there yeah it was great um it was it was just a fantastic experience and it made me realize how important it was to invest in your network to build it um and i think a lot of people undervalue investing in yourself so that's something that I'm really trying to really trying to push forward in, in, in the podcast now. Absolutely. And so how many interviews have you done now? I have done, I think, almost 50. Congrats. Um, thank you. You just yeah. started. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we just launched in August. So we do oh, three wow. shows a week. 
and I've done about 50. I've published now about 30. So mm-hmm. I got about 20 or so that are, that are in the can ready to go. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So and I, I kind of had to do, I had to do it that way because we're, we're actually going to Australia with, with, uh, JLD and Kate, mm-hmm. um, for, we are podcast another podcasting convention out there. Um, and we're leaving for that in like a week and a half or two weeks. So I'm just, I was just trying to get as many as I could done and in the can before then. So I don't have to worry about it. It'll be all automated when I leave. So, absolutely. but, uh, but yeah, it's been, it's been awesome. It's been an incredible experience. Um, the amount of people I've been, been able to connect with building my own network through having the podcast was one of the most astounding things to me. It was yeah. crazy. That's one thing that Susie and I have found when you reach out to interview someone, you have an, a, a podcast or something established, people are going to say yes, because it's just another another avenue of them to promote themselves and what they're doing. And it's a great way for us to educate our audience. But it would have been much harder to ever say, hey, do you want to sit down for coffee? They're like, no, right. no, my time is too valuable. Exactly. exactly. And that literally happened to me. <laughs> tw- two times I can think of right now, like off the top of my head, probably more, but there's two times I can think of right now. And it was with two of my better guests, I, I guess I would say. Mm-hmm. More influential guests would yeah. probably be the better way to, to, to phrase that. And um, one of them was Ivan Meisner, who's mm-hmm. the founder of BNI. Um, you guys have, have you guys heard of BNI before? It's Business Networking International, I think is what it's called. Okay. But it's it's those groups, you know, that meet like once a week. There's like eight, nine people in them. And there you have a real estate agent, a lender, and a yes. pest oh, control okay. guy. And they all meet and then they give each other referral business. Right. Nice. He started that whole organization back wow. in the 1980s. And uh, since Genius. then, oh yeah, he, they've closed in referrals like through their, they have like over 8,000 chapters now, I think around the world in 150 plus countries. Oh my gosh. And he, he's called the father of modern networking by CNN. So wow. super, super kind of a high profile guy. And they've closed over $12 billion in referral business, like with all the people in their groups wow. since they've started. And so he was somebody that I really wanted to get on the show. And I, first time I reached out to him, I tried a couple different social media outlets and then found stumbled across his email address somewhere and reached out to him. And um, I was trying to come up with a really small ask, you know what I mean? Like trying just to offer some value first and give a little bit more than I was asking from him. Absolutely. And um, and I was just like, hey, I would love to jump on the phone with you just for like two or three minutes of your time and just ask you a quick question about networking. And he was like, you know, Travis, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm super busy. I have a lot of stuff going on. If you can shoot me that question here, I'll do my best to, to give you a new. I was just pumped to get a response. I was like, oh, sweet. Yeah, okay, that's cool, nice cool. that he answered. <laughs> so I picked one of the questions that are on my my interview rundown, you know, that I usually go through with guests. And uh, I sent it to him. And when he replied back, he said, you know, that's a really good question. And he's like, it's a little bit too difficult to answer that just in this one email. Mm-hmm. But he saw my email signature and saw that I ran a podcast. He's like, but I see you have a podcast. Um, and he was like, I would, I would love to jump on that with you sometime and, and chat about it for a while. So I was like, amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. <laughs> like, so you say no to like a three minute conversation that was like no agenda. Let's but just yes, talk for hour? a second. But now you're going to chat with me exactly for an hour and let me record it and publish it and associate my name with you. Like, yeah, I'm down. <laughs> you know? so, um, so that was one of them. Another one was a guy named Ryan Stuman and he's, uh, he runs a, um, a brand online, I guess I would say a brand because it's more than just a podcast mm-hmm. um, called The Hardcore Closer. And he's a, a sales guy that I followed for a long time because I've been doing door to door for a while. So I follow some sales guys and he's a blogger, podcaster, runs multiple seven figure businesses. For for those of you listening that are familiar with, with ClickFunnels, he's been in the two comma club twice now, I wow. think. Um, so and for if you don't know what that is, that's basically seven figures off of one sales funnel that he built. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's done that a couple of times. So just a, a really, really good person for me personally, because he's a hardcore sales guy, but he also is an influencer podcasting space. So it was someone I was really interested in talking to. Yeah. First time I reached out to him, same thing. I was like, Hey, can I have just a few minutes of your time? I just want to ask you a couple quick questions and connect. 
He was like, Hey man, I, I, I appreciate, I appreciate reaching out. I just don't have the time. He was like, I have people that pay in a high level mastermind to talk on the phone with me one-on-one. It wouldn't be fair to them that they're investing money and I'm going to do it for free for you. So just wouldn't be fair. And I was like, Hey, I can respect that. And then for some reason, I forget why I did it. I think it's just my nature because I've been doing I've been doing door to door for so long. Like I don't hear rejection. Like I don't hear no's a lot, which kind of annoys some people. But for him, <laughs> but for him, he was all about it because he's also that kind of a person. So yeah. I sent him another message after he said no. You're like that's just, just an like, invitation to ask for more. Yeah, okay. exactly. <laughs> so I was like, well, I have this podcast, you know, and I, I shot him an email um, about the about the podcast. Asked for his email address, and then five minutes later, I saw a, no- a notification come up on my calendar that he scheduled the time to do an interview. So that was wow. two times where I can think off the top of my head where podcasting was the thing that allowed me to talk to some people of influence that I really wanted to get to know a little bit better. I have a question for you. Yes, ma'am. What is the greatest thing that you've learned from doing door-to-door sales? Because I have, I'm married to a man who started his career doing door-to-door sales. Really? Interesting. And then became a pitch man. Okay. Built a business on that. And I've learned a lot from him just by being married to him about that and, and hearing all of his stories. So what is the greatest thing that you've learned in terms of that experience and the greatest thing I learned what, from door to door. Or one of the most interesting, just in terms of human psychology or interaction or yeah, um, romantic uh, there, relationships, there, who knows? <laughs> I, there, you know what? He totally used NLP on me on our first date. Did he? Yes, he did. And so that's and your, it worked. Yes, apparently. it <laughs> <laughs> So for those of you, our listeners who don't know, that's a, a neuro-linguistic programming, and he used that in his sales. And those yeah. are different yes. tricks, hacks that yeah. you use to kind of tap into psychology to help, mm-hmm. help uh, sales. Yeah, we could talk about psychology of door-to-door sales for yeah. a long time because yeah. there are a lot of different things. Okay. Basically, I'm just about increasing the percentage that the person's going to say yes. So right. whatever that slight thing may be um, that might increase my percentage to to get them to open the door or come outside or allow me inside, whatever that small thing may be, even if it even only increases my chances by 8%. If I do 10 things in every pitch that increase by 2 or 3%, now I've made my chances 20 25%. They're all psychological, and there's a lot of different stuff that you can talk about. But I think philosophically, probably one of the biggest things that door-to-door taught me was people skills and mm-hmm. how to read people. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that that's an invaluable, invaluable skill. And it's it's just hard to get it by just reading a book about it. You yeah. know, like it's hard to really get into it without having a lot of experience just knocking on a door and seeing somebody for the first time face to face and interacting with them and then walking me with a sale, you know, an hour later. So that's, that's one thing. And then another thing just to throw this in there is rejection. Um, I think just rejection is not something that I really fear anymore, you know, especially now that I'm doing like podcasting and stuff. I don't fear a rejection on an email in the slightest, you Mm -hmm. know, like I have, those are a couple success stories that I've told you reaching out to influencers. I probably have 10 that I could tell you right now of people who didn't give me the time of day, didn't respond or said no. And then I asked for an interview and they said no again and said, then they said, Hey, come back when you have more downloads. What's your listenership? I could give you another 10 or 15 stories, but I just don't care. You know, like (laughs) I've had so many people slam the door in my face, tell me to F off and get off their porch and like all this stuff that like, it's just, it's so, I'm just so callous to it now um, that I I just don't really care. And I think that that's, that's a big, um, advantage it puts because what it does is it allows me to have a certain level of confidence coming into any situation because I'm not really afraid of the outcome. And we take fear out of the situation. It boosts your confidence and confidence I think is the most important thing in sales and networking. Confidence is going to be the, your biggest ally or your worst enemy. I just read a book 
called the life-changing magic of not giving a fuck. <laughs> Wait. What, what? It's called the life-changing the magic. Life, the I will say that proudly. The life-changing magic of not giving a fuck. Is by it by Sarah the same Knight. girl that did the no. life-changing magic of tidying up? No. Okay, so here's the thing. So uh, Allie knows this story. My loving husband bought me for Valentine's Day. Oh, yeah. Life-changing magic of tidying up. And I said, is this a joke? <laughs> I hope this is a joke because you're going to get punched. And he said, no, I thought you might enjoy it. I'm like, no, you might enjoy it because he, he's a minimalist and I always had more stuff. And we lived in, as I've told you guys, we just moved from a cramped one-bedroom apartment in, in Hollywood. That was, <laughs> that was a, a running joke for a long time. And then he, <laughs> he bought this book that is, okay, so you know how sometimes um, authors will read a book and then write a book based on the book they read? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that was... This woman, Sarah Knight. Isn't it called The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck? Yes. Okay. No, no, no. This is a different one? It's a different book. It's a subtle... Okay, so there's The Tidying Up, which yeah. is by uh, Marie Kondo. Yes. A Japanese tidying yeah. magician. And she had a very specific style, and it was a small book, and she's Japanese, and it was translated. Yeah. Yeah. This woman, Sarah Knight, read that book, and like organized her husband's sock drawer, and it changed her life. And, then she, <laughs> and, then she, and she's a humorist, and she wrote this parody... And it was all about, and it's and it's in the same book format. It's the same font. It's this, but it's it's so it's based on that book. She says fuck a lot, and it's <laughs> and it's very funny. And it's all about literally not giving a fuck, like letting go of caring about what people think. Uh, a lot of things. It, it's really funny. It's really it was really useful for me because I used to care a lot about what people think. Like mm. sales for me. Um, I never wanted to be a salesperson. I married yeah. a salesman and then like being with him and learning a lot about that. And then I was an actress for a long time. Audition. That's sales. Auditioning is sales. Oh, yeah. Most things are sales, right? Like no matter what. Um, Just about anything. Right. Like going in for job interviews. So I read this book and it was hilarious. And it, it, it's the same kind of thing you were just talking about, like building up that confidence and just not caring about, okay, so you get a no or so you get a, you don't get what you're, what you're seeking, but you keep going back and you change your tactic and, never give up yeah. and you don't care about what you get because you're focused on what you want. Right. And right. that was, it was very, I just read it like in the past few weeks. It was really necessary for me to go through that uh, just because the way that I grew up was just like a, uh, the, the culture that I grew up in was very much like care about what other people think about you yeah. type thing. Yeah. It was more for me getting into that space to not only use that to increase my sales productivity, but also use that to just live a happier life. Yeah. Um, and it was, it was really big for me to, to do that. And I think there's just so much freedom in deciding that you don't care anymore what people think of you, what society thinks of you and all those things. And there are times where I'm like, I do not care. I'm doing what I want to do. And then there are other times where I'm like, oh, what are people going to think? Mm-hmm. And I, I still go back. And then there's and other forth. times when you say you don't care, but you know you really care. Yeah, 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 <laughs> then, totally. Yeah. It depends so. on where I am and in, in, in that stage of whatever I'm working on, if I care or not. Yeah. But especially new things. It's like, ooh, what will people think? Who right. cares what they're going to think? Even right. though I'm guilty of it, I'm just saying, like, we can let that go and we can have freedom. Well, it's, you know, living in a society, if you live in a cave by yourself or, you know, you don't have to care. But when you're in a pluralistic society, you know, when you're in society and you have to deal with many different facets mm-hmm. of job and work and relationship and family, and it, it's part and parcel of you, you have to kind of care. But then I'll, at the same time, right. especially if you want to be an entrepreneur, if you want to, if you want to just have your job and go to work and, do what you're supposed to do. That's fine. If you're trying to change the system or do something that's never been done before or be an artist or work for yourself, mm-hmm. you have to let go of all of those attachments. You have to oh, let yeah. go of those preconceptions. They're going to get in your way. Yeah, you definitely. Know? Definitely. A lot of people tell me I'm crazy all the time for, for what I do. People look at their watch and they're like, 
shouldn't you be working right now? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, maybe. <laughs> but, and we're in a big like, shift too, because yeah. like back in the 40s, just any time earlier in society, it's like, well, that's what you did. Right. They wouldn't right. even right. really thought yeah. you were and crazy. And exactly what you said, like now is the shift. Now yeah. is that, and I think that's a difficult part for for my generation um, is that like that shift is happening right now. So like, it's not just other people like peers that are saying that you're crazy. It's like, it's family, you know, people that people that love you and want the best for you and all this stuff. And they're looking at you going, what are you doing? <laughs> you, know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, you're ruining what you, you know, and, and, but it's really not that it's just like, like you said, there's just a shift happening. And um, it's funny to look back at it because really this like nine to five thing has never existed in all of human history it really minus is new, like the right? last hundred years yeah. you know like it's never been a thing like yeah. everybody just has their trade they're do they they're do, they do their thing you get food like you go home and like that's what you do yeah you know and now with all these corporations popping over the last hundred years like just nine like that's just what it's become like hey you work your nine to five you go do your job and then you go home and then you get your benefits, you get your 401k, you retire, you live off of the whatever percentage of your income that you saved and then and then you're done, you know, yeah. like, but I, I just think that a lot of, especially with, with the online space now coming up, people are just finding so many different ways to go about doing it um, that it's disrupting and causing a whole shift because when you have a bunch of friends that are living the life that they want to live and you're stuck in a nine to five in a cubicle and you don't want to do that then it's obviously going to cause you to look outside of that and find another way to make it happen. You know, if you're that kind of a person, because that's what I always tell people, like, look, you do what you want to do. Yeah. You know, like if you're a nine to fiver, be yeah, a nine to fiver, go for it. Yeah, exactly. Do what makes you happy. But uh, if you're not that way, do not force yourself to be that way. Learn how to make it happen by not doing that. Yes. And keep your nine to five. Don't quit. And that's the one thing I always tell people. One piece of practical advice to give people, like, don't be the quote unquote entrepreneur you think you should be and just quit your job and like go full time into it. Cause like you gotta, you gotta have practicality. You gotta pay your bills. You gotta take care of your family. So keep your job going and then start something up on the side, side focus hustle. a lot of time into it and, and bring it up and make the transition when you're ready. Yeah. You know, Chris Gillibo, who I know we both interviewed, he mm -hmm. says, you know, don't quit your nine to five, but start your side hustle. Mm -hmm. exactly. And that's really practical advice. I was just talking to a buddy of mine last night about that. And I was, I was just like, is he loves nature and hiking and all this stuff. Mm. And I was like, bro, there's definitely a way that you can monetize that at some point. And I was like, just do your thing, go to work, but on the side, just start up a little vlog or something. And I was like, the, the, the trick is you have to be okay with like not making money on it for a long time. Yeah. You know, if you're willing to just put in consistent effort for two or faith. three years and just yeah. go to work, do your thing, come home, edit a video that you took on a hike this past weekend and put it up online, like somebody's going to follow that and find some value in it. And there's some way to monetize it and make the same amount of money you're making at your job, but then be able to hike full time and yeah. do it for a living. And like, yeah. and, you know, there's just so many opportunities out there now. And the only thing I just want to add to that is that I, when I think about people that have a nine to five, I think about their health and the fact that we are not supposed to sit all day <laughs> long. And that's an epidemic. Yeah. And that is causing people to suffer from diseases and obesity and all of these things that are really preventable. And so that's another reason for me that I'm um, in this entrepreneurial space because I need to be able to exercise when I want in the middle of the day and things like that. Mm -hmm. And when you have that lifestyle where you have to get up at 5 a.m. so that you can run to the gym, so that you can come home and shower, to be in an office by 8.30 a.m. and then work. Most people do not get off at 5. I don't know anyone with a 9 to 5 that gets off at 5. So then they're not getting off until 7 or 8 p.m. Or in mm -hmm. the film industry that I'm in, people get off so late 
And it's just not a And if you get off in time, you got to go sit in traffic to get home anyway. Exactly. <laughs> We're wasting hours of our life in traffic. And like the only thing I can deal with with traffic is like I'm like you, my audiobooks and my podcasts, podcasts get yeah, me exactly, through it. Exactly. And I love learning. But in general, it's just not a sustainable way to live. And it's not worth it to me. Like I don't have a 401k and I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. Like I don't have an employee matching whatever I need, but I'm making more money than I would if I were sitting behind a desk. And right. so- for me, it's just not an option. And like you, I know you asked me this on your podcast, you know, what is your biggest weakness? And I'm like, being told what to do. <laughs> like, it's just I don't not take for instruction me. very well. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So I'm with you 100% on that. But another question you asked on your podcast that I would love to know your answer to is you said, you know, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Mm. Would you agree with that? Do you think it's more important of who you know, what you know? I, I do think it's more important who you know. Um, it was interesting because when I first started the podcast, that's a, that's a question I ask. I think almost every guest, if not yeah. every guest on the show, uh-huh. and um, I expected ninety five percent of them to be like, "Oh, it's who you know, it's who you know." I mm-hmm. thought I thought everybody would say that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm getting a lot of both. I'm getting a lot of like, "Well, you know, who you know brings you opportunity. What you know helps you capitalize on opportunity." And like that kind of that kind of a response. Yeah, um, I said both. I think yeah, yeah. I think I think most people just don't want to like draw a definite line in the sand because they haven't thought about it for a very long time, you know. Mm-hmm. But I've given it some thought now, and yeah. I think my answer is um, I, I have two different answers for that. One of them is it's not as important who you know. It's really the most important thing is who knows you. Um, mm. And then also, what I would say: who knows you, likes you, trusts you, respects you. Who knows you, and who's willing to be a proponent of what you have to put out to the mm. world? Really, is like so. So, for instance, really real world example here: taking John Lee Dumas for example. Right. He's somebody I wanted to connect with. Mm-hmm. I obviously knew who he was mm-hmm. when I met him in Puerto Rico. He now knew who I was. Right. He he knew who I was, but it wasn't like a hey, everybody go listen to Travis. And doesn't mean thing. he has right. your back from shaking your hand. Exactly. Exactly. So. What I did is I tried to figure out a way to get into that kind of a position. Mm-hmm. And so I took something that I was good at, which was sales and my experience in like retail door to door and that kind of thing. Yeah. And I offered that to him. And at Podcast Movement, I worked his booth for him right. and sold a bunch of his journals. Um, and then I went to another event um, a couple weekends ago in Vegas called Thrive with mm-hmm. Cole Hatter and, and some of those other people in that circle and sold journals for him there mm-hmm. so now volunteering like taking my time which yeah. i i value my time you know and, and i know that i could go out and knock a few doors and sell a, a couple of water machines and make a good amount of money but i took my time away i paid for my own hotel room mm-hmm. i went to an event and spent all day using my sales ability that i've honed for the past mm-hmm. six seven years to sell his stuff and make him money right but what that does now is that he's now a proponent of what I put out. Yes. And he's the one who made the introduction for Chris Gillibo and for mm. some of these other people I've had on my show. And yeah. now I joined a mastermind with Cole, who's uh, Cole's the one who put on the whole event at Thrive. Mm-hmm. And I met Cole through John, and John gave me a really good recommendation. Uh, Brandon Adams, the the guy that, that we're, we're going to both be seeing on Saturday, uh, Saturday yeah. for the Think and Grow Rich premiere. Mm-hmm. He's one of the producers or something like that. Yeah, He was actually introduced me by Laura, who's a mutual friend of ours. Yes. But um, when Brandon heard that I had a connection with, with John Lee Dumas, mm-hmm. he texted him and said, hey, what's this guy about? And he gave me a great recommendation to Brandon. And then wow. Brandon jumped on my show. And so that's awesome. it, it turns into, like, that's what I mean by who knows you. It's not just yeah. like, it's not just who has heard your name before. It's like, who knows you? And like, 
who's willing to put their name behind what you have to show to people. And will vouch for you right. and give you that and recommendation. I, I think that's the most valuable thing, but mm-hmm. you obviously can't create that kind of a connection with everybody you talk to. Right. So I think my more general answer to that question is I believe it's more important who you know, because if you know the right people, you'll ultimately have the right knowledge. Mm-hmm. And you, you, what you know will be will grow. Will will grow a lot more, and that that's kind of what I've lived by. And when the first year that I made six figures in door to door sales, it was because I was rubbing shoulders with a guy who had made seven figures in door to door sales, and yeah. being hanging out with him all the time and learning directly from him boosted my knowledge. I didn't read a book that whole year. Right. You know, I'm I'm not a reader naturally, and I didn't listen to audiobooks. I I wasn't a, in a podcast back then. I didn't read a, I didn't read anything. I didn't do any personal development. All I did was hang out with this guy who had done what I was doing very, very, very well. And that upped my knowledge and upped my game and allowed me to reach a level of success that I had not reached up to that point. I think the more specific answer is it's more important who knows you, Mm -hmm. but the more general answer is I think it's more important who you know, because I think your knowledge will grow if your circle grows. And my knowledge has grown exponentially just by hosting this podcast because I learned so much from my guests and Mm -hmm. it's incredible. And the other thing I wanted to say is that you volunteering for these things is another example of investing in yourself Mm. because you're paying your way and you're volunteering for people that actually can help you because they start to know, like, and trust you. And then they are able to recommend you and all of that good stuff and, you know, put you in touch with the people who matter. And I remember in college, I would volunteer to go shoot video for the local news. And eventually Mm. I got a job there. Right. Right. And then I was doing, um, I would be on air reporting with my own video camera. Like my dad had bought it for me. Thank you, dad. Because I was a poor (laughs) college student. But I would take that camera. I would set it up. I would film my report. And then I would send it to the station. And eventually they started using them. I didn't stay there very long. I ended up deciding I'm moving to California. But this was an example of me just providing value, doing it all for free, just figuring it out, volunteering. I would volunteer to go to events and interview people. And then that helped me you know, secure a position. And so there's all these different ways that volunteering and investing in ourselves, not everyone I know can afford these extensive masterminds like you and I did. And so if you're not in a position where you can afford that at this moment, what can you volunteer for? Maybe you can volunteer to work at that conference that's too expensive to attend, but by volunteering and offering your services for free, you kind of get a free ticket to the conference and you get to network and meet those people that might help your business. If you have a health business or wellness, anything you're trying to do, get you to that next level. So I think that's really awesome. There's so many ways to do it for free. Um, and that is definitely one of them is reaching out to reaching out to somebody who you really look up to and respect, and then just trying to be a big proponent of what they have going on and, you know, show, show how much value that person's added to you by trying to have other people, um, start following that person's content or whatever it may be. There's Mm -hmm. so many ways to go about doing it. And one of the ways that, that I'm really big on is Facebook groups. Mm -hmm. Um, which is something that we've talked about a couple of times. Mm -hmm. And I think that they're really underutilized. And when they are utilized, they're not done the right way. I made the mistake when I first started in Facebook groups was to go in there to start posting links and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like you get added to a new group that has 40,000 people. You're like, well, if I post something, 40,000 people are going to see it. I'm going to get some people. And that's not how it works at all. Not at all. Facebook (laughs) has a whole algorithm that prevents you from being able to do stuff like that. And you'll usually be kicked out of the groups because there are moderators who are like, no self-promotion. No spamming. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. So um, I actually wrote an ebook on it. Mm Mm-hmm which uh, you guys mentioned at the beginning of all this. Yes. Um, and it's called Groupology, and it's how to network in Facebook groups by doing it the right way, yeah. not being that one person that gets kicked out of the group or 
um, that's just really annoying everybody around them. Yeah. Um, so that you can pick up a copy of that if you go to buildyournetwork.co forward slash FB for Facebook. So buildyournetwork.co forward slash FB. Got it. You can pick up a copy of that of that ebook and check it out. Um, then there's also a link there to my Facebook group, which is Build Your Network Beta, um, which now has about 150 members or so. So um, yeah, a, it's a smaller group that's growing. Um, we'd love to have you in there. And it's just a bunch of different professionals from different backgrounds. We have health experts. We also have Facebook ad specialists and social media marketers and salesmen and just different people from a bunch of different backgrounds and industries. So it's really cool, the conglomerate of people that we have in there because it's uh, we, we all help each other out and uh, learn from each other. Amazing. Um, but uh, all of that to say that if you don't have the money to throw eight thousand dollars at a mastermind in Puerto Rico, use what you can do, and um, you know maybe use your time instead of your money and go join four or five Facebook groups and be actively involved in those groups. Give as much value as you possibly can, and uh, network with some people in there, and then uh, try to reach out to the moderators or the admins, see if they're going to any conferences or anything like that. See if you can help them while they're there. Um, and they'll give you a shout out in the group. There's just so many ways to do it if you'll if you're willing to put in some time and willing to put in some effort um, to make it happen and, and and to grow your network and build your network. Yeah, and um, JLD and Kate always list out the conferences they're attending each year, so that it's mm-hmm. really easy to find out mm-hmm. um, what are some of the conferences in your industry. If you just go to the people that you follow and you admire and find out are they hosting a conference, what conferences are they going to, because it'll be on their events page usually. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's a really great tip. And you are starting a mastermind. Yes, um, that's something that's really in the um, in its infancy right now, mm-hmm. but uh, will probably be rolled out right when we get back from Australia. Um, so when we're in Australia, I've made sure I don't have any podcast interviews because obviously the time difference would be a nightmare. And yeah, different Airbnbs and Wi-Fi connections. So unless you can interview <clears throat> some Australians, that could yeah, be fun. Yeah, that 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 could work. I actually have been talking to a couple people out there, but for the most part, I'll just be spending a lot of time working on this mastermind, and so. I've been testing it out and asking a few people and I've gotten uh, quite a few people interested in it. So basically what it's going to be is we're going to do two uh, group mastermind calls every month and a bunch of people will hop on a Zoom or a Google Hangout and uh, we'll do we'll do hot seats. Each group will be limited to 10 people. So mm-hmm. um, there's not going to be a large amount of people. So it'll be more of an intimate setting where we're actually able to get to know each other, exchange ideas, talk about your business and how to grow it, what you're doing, what you're what you're incorrectly what we're focused mostly on is sales and networking since the podcast is all about networking and um and since my background's heavily in sales we're going to focus on on those two things probably the most mm-hmm. and how they can help you grow your business because i think if you master those two skills you'll never go without in life yeah. if you master the skill of sales and you master the skill of networking so um we're going to talk about how those two uh, will help you grow your business and then we'll try to have one group call a month uh, that'll be a live Q and A with a guest on the sh- that's been on the show recently. Mm-hmm. Um, so somebody that you've listened to on my show, and then now you get to actually interact with them in a, on a live Q and A in a Facebook group, um, and that kind of a thing. So uh, haven't exactly nailed down pricing on that yet. For the first group, it'll be really really affordable because I'm just trying to you know dip my toes in the water and help out as many people and really really over deliver on the on the price point that we end up setting so but it'll be really really affordable and if you're if you're one of those people that's sitting there like man i can't afford a eight thousand dollar fifteen thousand dollar mastermind it just doesn't make sense for me um then maybe something like this might be a good in between you know if you're if you're like well i want to utilize free facebook groups but i'd also like to do the paid because obviously paid you're going to get a lot more value if you pay for something sure if you're thinking think something like that this is a really good in between which is just a three-month mastermind um, it'll be, um, you know, around the thousand dollar range or so for the th- whole all three months and will over deliver a, a lot of value to you. So there, there's stuff like this that goes on all the time. So if you look, if you look for it, you'll definitely be able to find it. And this is one of the ones that we're, that we're going to be starting up. 
That's amazing. And these types of things are great because they keep people accountable because you're seeing the same faces every month. Mm -hmm. And whether it's once a month or a couple of times a month, you have that accountability and you're catching up with people, seeing how they're doing. You get really invested in everyone else. I've done this in health. I've done this with um, health and fitness groups. And so we're masterminding and everyone has a goal, whether it is to lose weight. Everyone's goal might be slightly different, but we're all checking in on on each other's goals um, in the wellness fitness industry. And so that's been amazing for me. I've also done it with business where I was in a, when I was starting the podcast, I was in a vegan mastermind where everyone was starting a vegan plant-based business. And so mm. we were all accountability partners. Like, did you start your podcast? Did you set up your sales funnel? Like all of these things. And yeah. so they're really, really powerful. And, and it was around the same price point as well mm-hmm. and totally worth it. And you get to know amazing people yeah. around the globe, you yeah. know, it's such a small investment, you know, yeah. and, and, I, that's what I'm starting to figure out, even with the investment I've made, that I've made that are intrinsically large, you yeah. know, like going to JLD's house and spending a few days down there. Like that was an intrinsically large, like $8,000 is not a small amount of money. Yeah. Um, but in comparison to the value that I got from it, it is a small amount of money ultimately. And you're, it's, it's people think of that as a, as an expense. And, uh, I look at it as an investment. Yes, and, and you know, the size of the return is always going to match the size of the investment. So whatever you're willing to invest, it'll probably be what you're going to get out of whatever mm-hmm. you're doing. So if it's free, you'll get that value in return. If you're paying a 500 or a thousand bucks, you'll get that value in return. If you're paying 8,000, get that value in return. So I think if you, if you're sitting there and you're like, I've never paid for anything like this, one of these ones is probably the best way to go because it gives you a good introduction into masterminds, what it looks like, how it helps you, the value you get from it. But it's a really, really, really affordable way to get into it. Yeah. And I love what you said. Like when we, when we change the way we look at things, the way we look at things change. So looking at it as an investment rather than an expense is a really great way to frame Mm -hmm. it. And I love that. So thank you for bringing that up. Cool. Well, thank you so much for being here, Travis. Of course. Thanks for coming in, Jackie, and hanging out with us. And um, where can everyone find you online, stalk you on Instagram, get your ebook, shout it out again, get those water filters, all that (laughs) good stuff. Yeah. So if you want to see more of me online, I spend most of my time on Facebook. I think the exact username would be Mm Travis.Chapel15. If you type that in the search bar, that'll be my actual profile that comes up. But you can also search Travis Chapel. And if you're follow a lot of Alice and stuff. We were friends and we like and stuff. We like each other's posts and all that kind of thing. So if you just search Travis Chapel, it'll probably come up and then it'll say founder and host build your network or something like that. But if you're looking for the water, then revivewater.co is that that's where you're going to end up going. Revivewater.co. Just go on there, fill out an appointment form, and then I'll probably be the one to reach out to you um, and chat there. Or you can always reach out to me on Facebook Messenger. So I always say Facebook first because I do a lot of business on Facebook Messenger and people reach out on there a lot. So Reach out to me on Facebook mes- on Messenger. Add me as a friend on Facebook. Um, like, comment on a couple of things, and then I'll, I'll I'll see your name pop up, and then I'll, I'll reach out. But uh, that's probably the best place to go is Facebook because you can find my Revive business there, and mm-hmm. then you can find all the podcasts there and all that kind of stuff. Um, so that probably be where I'd direct you. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here. Of course. Thanks so much for having me. I had a great time. Food Heals Nation, we hope you enjoyed our interview with Travis. I loved all of the information I got from Travis because I feel like I'm fairly well-versed, more than the average bear, but gosh, he gave us so much more information. Yeah, it really is eye-opening to learn the truth about what's in our water and how important water is to our bodies. And I love his podcast. It's on my regular listening list. So everyone check that out. He's done some really huge interviews lately. So I'm really proud of him. 
And he's a great interviewer. I'm actually on his podcast. You can check that out as well. And he's become a great friend. And that's another reason I love podcasting because of all of the great people we get to meet and build relationships with. And another place to meet new people at and to build relationships with is at retreats. Do you like my segue? And Susie, are we planning the retreat of a lifetime or what? We sure are. (laughs) I like your enthusiasm. (laughs) I mean, I don't want to be like obnoxious about it, but it's freaking amazing. And if you don't believe me, if you, whoops, I just, I just knocked the mic off. I just knocked the mic off my desk. That's how excited I am, people. Boot Hills Nation, we are going to Amalfi, Italy. It's on the west coast of the Italian peninsula, and it is spectacular. It is going to be amazeballs. It's going to be Hashtag amazeballs. <laughs> so if you haven't signed up, you can go right now, www.foodhealsnation.com slash Italy and download a gorgeous brochure where if you don't sign up because of the pictures alone, like what's wrong with you? I'm just kidding. But really, there's a picture of the villa and the cliffside infinity pool. So I just, that that's how I'm going to overcome all of your objections. Like Travis is a salesperson. <laughs> we interviewed him today and that's what his sales training does is you overcome people's objections. I don't know how to do that. I'm not a tra- trained salesperson, but just look at the infinity pool and then tell me no. That's all I'm going to say. Seriously, if you haven't been to Amalfi, you just have to come with us. If you like us, if, you lo- if you're part of Food Heals Nation, if you like what we do, if you like delicious, healthy vegan food, if you like drinking wine, if you like having fun and laughing with ladies that, that feel the same way, this is a ladies-only trip, sorry guys, um, then you need to join us. And it's, you know what, for what it is, for what you're getting, it is really reasonable. And we also offer options. You can do the VIP package which you get extras, or you can just do, just do the regular package. It's overlooking the cliffside town of Ravello. We're going to learn to cook v- delicious vegan Italian recipes with Leslie Durso, who was on our podcast. Um, we're going to dine at amazing restaurants on the coast. We're going to go swimming. We're going to go boating, olive oil tastings. There is a grotto, as well as, uh, Ali said, an infinity pool overlooking the coast, uh, I could go on and on. Go and check out the photos, www.foodhealsnation.com slash Italy. Yes, it's it's worth it. If you're an Instagrammer, these are going to be the pictures that change your Instagram profile from having 100 subscribers to having 10,000. I'm just saying, because like, that's what I plan on doing. <laughs> but the <laughs> photos are going to be incredible. We're going to be on a boat um, on the coast. Uh, on a boat. What's that <laughs> SNL sketch? We're on a boat. Well, well, the part that comes after that is is slightly inappropriate, but you guys know where we're going with that. (laughs) (laughs) So join us, Food Heals Nation. That's all we're going to say. Get the information at www.foodhealsnation.com slash Italy. I know we said it three times, but we can't express it enough. We hope to see you there. Thank you so much. See you next time, Food Heals Nation. Ciao. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This podcast is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, developing a more positive outlook on life. In rare cases, people have experienced a strong desire to put down the Ben & Jerry's, get off the couch, and take a walk outside. If you experience any of these symptoms, tell your Facebook friends immediately.